Welcome to the show today. Today, I've got to give you my reaction of week one of the USFL. I was hoping for big things. I was hoping to see uh, very competitive football. I was hoping to see stands packed full of fans. I was hoping to see different camera angles and everything that was promised in the buildup. Multiple camera angles. We're going to be using drones. We're going to have uh, different rule sets. And, you know, unfortunately, what we kind of ran into was shaky drone footage. A lot of, you know, talking over one another in the mics. There was some compelling conversations between coaches, but oftentimes it, it kind of felt a little bit forced. And then the biggest kicker was you were expecting to see multiple different types of rules executed in a way that what made it a more compelling game. But yet most every game, it was just as if it was an NFL football game. We played by the standard rules. There was a couple things that occurred, but generally you're watching the same play on football in a smaller stadium and it just wasn't as compelling as I was hoping it would be. Now, some of the rule changes are pretty cool. It gives a little bit more uh, dynamic abilities throughout the game to be able to score some points or even keep the football. You've got a little bit of an extra point change. We've got a standard extra point. Then we got a two-point conversion. But if you want to score three points, which could be huge late in the game, you can start at the 10-yard line and then move in and try to score a touchdown for those three points. Now, after you score that touchdown, if it's late in the game, we've got a whole different rule set for an on size kick standard onside kick but if you want to risk a little bit to make sure you get the ball back let's see you've got it fourth and 12 and you play it from the 33 yard line so if you convert on this you've got the ball back in a much better fashion than an onside kick I don't know what the percentage is on actually getting an onside kick but let's be honest nine times out of ten when you're watching the game throughout the season you're rarely ever seeing an onside kick collected so it'd be kind of nice to see what kind of creative plays can come out of this fourth and 12 scenario you've got some killer thing in the books that you you know only utilize in these type of scenarios that could really shake up the game a little bit but uh, you know we didn't even even get to see it. The overtime is going to be shaking it up quite a bit. Rather than teams not having a shot to score, having that Chiefs uh, Bills type of scenario where the last team that gets the ball ends up winning. That's not going to be the case. Each team is going to get the ball at the two-yard line. You get three plays to see how many points you get. It's two points per score, and you'll go through three times to see which one has the most points. If it's a tie, then it'll go into sudden death, but each team always gets the opportunity to match the other. So, you know, th this can really shake things up an awful lot. I think the NFL is in kind of a test mode utilizing some of these different leagues to really see what will stick. But, you know, I don't know that this will actually get your hardcore, fast, speedy type of guys showing what they can do. At the two-yard line, you're really going to stack up those receivers, and you don't really have a chance to show off some of that speed like a Tyreek Hill character. You know, no, no post routes. All that's going to be eliminated. It's going to be right at the goal line. So I would imagine that your, your tight ends and some of your big running backs are going to really be able to shine in this capacity. But again, it did seem a little bit like a smaller group of guys. I remember watching a football game a couple of years ago. It was when Mizzou first entered into the SEC and they played Alabama. And I'll never forget, I was live. I was at the 50-yard line, maybe 20 rows up, and I'm sitting there staring at them. And it looked like two different teams. One was a high school team and one was a college team. It was mind-blowing to see the difference in the size. The lines were literally double the size on Alabama versus Mizzou. So I don't know that you're seeing like a tremendous size change, but there is definitely some different size characters here in this league as opposed to in the NFL. Kudos to them. I mean, everybody was playing hard. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was some good competitive football, but it is not quite what the NFL is. And I was hoping to see a little bit more of those rule changes kind of take into effect. 
But really, most all of the rules that were really changed are only when the game's on the line or some of those odd scenarios. It would have been funner to see one of these kind of minor league ball clubs, if you will. I know it's not minor league, but it's kind of what this system will be. It's UFL. There's been several other types of these NFL organizations. I shouldn't say NFL organization, of course. These other football organizations that are kind of have already done this and whether they failed like the XFL or they kind of, you know, moved out, couldn't get the talent, couldn't afford the talent. It'll be interesting to see if one of these leagues kind of sticks around as like a minor league system for the NFL. Imagine you've got hundreds and hundreds of players that leave the NCAA that are all looking to get into the draft and not all of them make it. You can't tell me that there's not another 15, 16 quarterbacks out there that could do a great job. There's not another skilled running back, four or five of them that could really be on the top of their game. They quite frankly could have played in the NFL. They just didn't have another spot. I think where you might find some holes is maybe the linemen, uh, some of these really large specialty positions. I'm sure the NFL is going to wrap these guys up, but overall, you know, it, it was a great first weekend, but you know, when you watch that second game they played and there's like three people in the stands, they may have to bring in some of that extra audio. You remember when 2020 started and COVID began and we were trying to pretend that there was fans at the stadiums and you could still hear background noise. I I remember seeing every meme and everybody seemed to joke about it, but in all reality, it kind of helped watch the game. It sounded like people were in it. They made cheering sounds. They did things like that. And it really did make a difference because when you watch the USFL game two and there was four people in the stands, I'm exaggerating, but there was not many. There was crickets in between. Now, if all you were looking to do is get those audio lines from the coaches, audio between different players, you wanted that, you know, red zone type of feel where you were kind of getting a sneak peek, this is probably a great thing to have crickets at the stadium. But I can't imagine long term it's going to be much fun to play in front of an audience that doesn't exist. That wraps it up for today's episode. Please let me know what did you think about the USFL games and, you know, is it going to have a future? Is it going to be any different than the XFL, UFL, any of these other leagues that haven't really seemed to stick? Let me know your thoughts in the comments on YouTube. Have a great day.